Welcome to the Springs Church Podcast, where we explore the teachings of Jesus Christ and how they can be applied to our daily lives. Join us as we delve into the Bible and discuss topics such as faith, hope, love, and forgiveness. Our mission is to inspire and empower our listeners to live a life of purpose and meaning and to deepen their relationship with God. Tune in every week for a new episode as we learn how Holy Spirit, the Bible, and a relationship with Jesus will impact every area of your life. I'm excited for the word today. I am always excited to receive the word and to give the word. So um, I know that God has something really special for each of us today. I have to tell you, God ministers to me while I minister to you. I just think it's the coolest gift ever, teaching the word, because I'm not up here saying that I know it all. I'm up here saying, Lord, help me teach your word. Let my words be your words and, um, and lead us in the way of truth because that's all God can do. It's who he is. He leads us into truth. He cannot lead you into deception because it's not who he is. Satan is the father of lies, but God, he is truth and life. And Jesus said he was the way. If we follow him, that's how we have life. And these last couple weeks, I'm on a mission to get people out of the waiting room of life. And I call the waiting room of life fear. And something that I've just begun to realize in my life is that fear robs from me. We say yes to fear way too often, sometimes without even knowing about it, sometimes subconsciously making excuses for the fear that we've received and the lies that we've believed. And what I love about Springs Church, what I love about our founding pastors and our heart today as pastors is that we want the truth and we want nothing but the truth. And we wanna build our life on this truth. And you will never find us as pastors camping out, giving up, just waiting to see what happens. Let's take it all. Let's have all the life that Jesus came to give us. But I truly believe that many believers are camping out in the waiting room of life and they've said yes to fear and they need to be reminded that all they need to do is say no to fear and to understand just how God made them and who he has equipped them to be. And so I want to remind us in 2 Timothy 1.7, it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear. Many of you know this first but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I love the Passion Translation. It's often translating from the Aramaic um, language, which is the the language Jesus spoke when he walked the earth. And uh, it says, For God will never give you the spirit of fear, but the Holy Spirit who gives you mighty power, love, and self-control. I find it very interesting that sound mind is is translated to self-control here in this translation because truly we have a lot of power in how we navigate ourself. We do need to take control of our flesh, of ourself, of this body that houses who we really are, which is our spirit. And we need to understand what God says and who he says we are, and we need to get in agreement with that. We need to say, okay, if God has not given me a spirit of fear, then why would I receive one? Then why would I welcome one? Then why would I make excuses for why maybe he'd want me to have fear in this situation? Why would I go against the word and and welcome a whole bunch of misery (laughs) and lies into my life when God is truth and life and he's the way. And so today I'm on a mission to break down walls of fear in your life, amen? 
Amen. I want to teach the word and I pray that you would receive that today, that your heart would be open to be vulnerable with God today, to be open to what he wants to show us, changes that we might need to make in, in situations, in relationships, in ideas, because God has not given us fear. And so we need to resist. The Bible says we resist the devil. Well, resisting the devil means we resist everything about him. Fear, lies, sickness, poverty, excuses, strife, envy, pride. As you read the word, you'll understand who he is and what he's about. And us, as children of God, we need to resist it, which means we oppose it. We don't even let it come near us. The thought may come, but 2 Corinthians 10.5 says that we cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. So we have the power through Christ to recognize a thought that does not line up with the knowledge of God and to immediately take that thought and tell it what God says. And that's how we take thoughts captive. When we have thoughts, ideas, even feelings that go against the knowledge of God, we must take it captive. And that is a self thing. That is, I do that for me, you do that for you. And if God says we can do it, we don't sit around and say we can't because now we're sitting in the waiting room of life, scared that we can't do what he's called us to do, living a lie, letting it steal, rob, and kill from us. We stand up and say, well, if God says I can do it, then I don't know how, but I'm going to do it. I don't need to know exactly how he works in me and how he's going to connect all the dots and who he's going to use and, and what doors of opportunity. I, you get ahead of yourself. You start trying to control the situation. You start trying to be God. And that's not who he's called you to be. Thank the Lord. I do not want to be God. I do not want to try to know all things and figure out how to make it all work. I want to show up as his child because a child... A child in the arms of a loving father is taken care of, is loved, is nurtured, is fed, is protected. And that's what I want to show up as. I want to show up as who God made me to be and humble myself under his mighty hand and say, God, I'm going to let you be God in my life. And whatever you say is what I'm going to say. Whatever you declare is what I'm going to declare. And I'm going to tell every stupid, fearful, negative thought to take a hike. Because I'm going to know who you are by your word, and I'm going to live by that word. John 8, 31 to 32, Jesus said, If you abide in my word, then you are my disciples indeed, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. So it's not just knowing the truth that makes you free. It's abiding in his word is how you know the truth. Living by the word of God is how you know who he is. We don't read this to prove to God we are a good child and check off all the boxes. This is a gift to you. This isn't some requirement or check mark. It is a love letter from God. It is everything he is. It is everything Jesus accomplished at the cross. And when we receive it, we live there. Abide means to dwell, to make your home, to live there. But yet we live in a world that we are not of. And so how do we take self-control? How do we receive Holy Spirit and let him work in us? We have to say no and resist the enemy. We have to be aware of what he's doing in this world and not bring it into our home through television and music and all the horrible shows and movies out there that paint a picture that you will never find in here. And you let your imagination go to places 
by simple entertainment, thinking that we're just being entertained. Hey, I, I've, I'm there sometimes. I watch something and I go, why did I just waste that half an hour or hour painting a picture in my heart that I know God doesn't even agree with? And so we have to be aware of the channels that we are bringing information and knowledge into our life, the books we read, the, the, the company we keep. The Bible gives us all this that I'm speaking verses and tools to be aware of how to protect your heart. And it begins with taking self-control, but you don't do it by yourself. When you come to God and say, all right, Lord, I wanna change. I wanna live by your word. I wanna dwell in your word, help me. Every morning, that should be the first prayer out of our lips, help me, God, because it sets your heart on the fact that you need help. He's ready to help. He's our ever-present help. <laughs> He's always ready to help. He's always there. But your heart needs to be told, body, soul, spirit, we're with the Lord. And today we are getting our help from him, not from anyone else who declares to be an expert, not from trying to find the best Google review to figure out what one thing we need. I need to go to the source of all life and truth first and let him show me the things I may need in my life. And he is so good to us, but it's if we abide in the truth. So if I'm not abiding in the word, the only other option is that I'm abiding in the world, the lies, the enemy, the fear. I have to be so aware of my defenses. I have to be so aware of who I'm keeping company with, the thoughts that I'm letting muster in my head. I have to take um, captive. And how I take them captive is by living in this word. You know, Isaiah 26.3 says that you, God, will keep him, me, God will keep me in perfect peace if my mind is stayed on him because I trust in him. So how do we keep our mind on Jesus? I'll tell you how I do it. When I get negative thoughts, when I get moments of fear, because it doesn't say that you're not allowed to have a bad thought. God knows you. He says, take that thought captive. So we don't feel shame about having a moment where we're like, whoa, that was a really bad thought. But what are you going to do the moment it comes? And how I keep my mind on Jesus is I bring the knowledge of him and I speak it out. Faith is voice activated. We see it all through the word that your mouth has authority and power. So don't complain. Don't grumble. Don't, don't speak the things you don't want in your life even if you don't feel like it, even if you don't know how he keeps your mind in perfect peace, just speak who he is and speak what he has. And so no matter what the thought is that comes my way, how I keep my mind on him is I think about him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, you died on the cross. Thank you, you destroyed fear. Fear has no power over me. I will not give it power. Thank you, Lord, that you keep my mind in perfect peace as I think about you. Thank you, Jesus, that you're my healer. Thank you, God, that no weapon formed against me prospers. And I bring to remembrance, and Holy Spirit helps you to do this. The moment you decide Jesus, he's there bringing the word. It's his job to bring to remembrance all the words Jesus have said. But he can only help you when you want to be helped, when you are doing what the word says. And I find that as I just begin to speak out who Jesus is and the promises that he has for me. And as I say, thank you, thank you, thank you, like the declarations that Pastor Zach has so beautifully put together, he said, I'm starting every single thing with thank you because it's mine in Christ Jesus. I'm a child of God. So I don't need to beg. I don't need to wonder. I can know God and I can know who I am, which means I can speak with a confidence and a declaration. I don't come begging at the throne of God. I come boldly, Hebrews says. 
is. And so there's this attitude of faith, this Holy Spirit power and love and self-control. When you say no to fear, God cannot make you do it. He can bring you awareness to maybe what you're saying yes to, but then you gotta say, thank you, God. Thank you for showing me where I was wrong. And I shared this uh, verse with the high schoolers. A few weeks ago, I got to see SCA and speak to all the kids. It was so fun. The chapel with uh, kindergarten to grade five was 400 kids just yelling at the top of their lungs, praising Jesus. And, and uh, the high school I haven't been to in 20 years, very weird, because I graduated from there. Um, but so cool to see the growth and to see leaders. And I shared this Proverbs with them. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. Yeah. Don't be stupid. God said it, not me. (laughs) So amen. I'm glad some of you received that right now. I'm glad you received that because The way of the stupid is someone who thinks they're never wrong. Someone who thinks I always have to be right. And that is a prideful swirl. That is a pride comes before a fall. If you want to live within the grace and the power of God, you know, man, I get it wrong a lot. And you don't have shame in that. You understand that when I get it wrong, I'm living in my own strength. I'm thinking about fear. I'm letting the way of the world dictate it. When I get it wrong and and Holy Spirit brings correction or the word or a pastor or a podcast you're listening to or a, a, um, a great coffee with a friend who loves God is ministering to you and you feel that, oh, that kind of hurt a little. I think I need to change something. You welcome it with open arms and you go, thank you, Lord, that you love me so much that you want to teach me life, but I need to be teachable. And I need to say, thank the Lord. I know where I got it wrong and not be shameful. There is no shame or condemnation. No, no shame or condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So can we just quit with the self-pity and the beating ourselves up over stuff because Jesus said, Eden, there's no shame or condemnation, so quit wasting time in the day thinking about it and show up as my child and let me teach you. And in those moments where you are corrected, don't be stupid, Eden. Don't hate correction. Look for ways to grow and to change and look for where you may have got it wrong because with me, Eden, you will always get it right right? And so this is the beauty of living out of the power and the strength of God, but you have to bring yourself and accountability and vulnerability. But let me tell you, he's the perfect person to be vulnerable with. He knows everything about you. Even though you might think you can hide things from him, you're joking yourself. He knows a word before it comes out your mouth. He knows a thought before it shows up in your head. So don't you think he can teach you how to deal with it and how to take it captive and how to give you the strength you need? If we can take him at his word and show up and say, Lord, man, I can just show up weak and you, you are made strong in me? Thank you, Lord. And, and we don't have to be shameful of showing up weak. He knows we are weak without him. But in him, we have strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Through Christ, not through me, not through my spouse, not through all my friends agreeing with, with what I'm thinking, not through people pleasing, through living in his word and abiding by his word and letting it correct me. Because I don't want any of us to get to the end of our life and realize we were so stupid. I don't want to be a stupid mom who raises stupid children who think they're right all the time. Right? 
Yes, and these are the kinds of conversations I have with myself. Well, Holy Spirit has them with me. Let's give him the credit. I know who's having this conversation with me. So this is a decision you can make. And this is what happens when you read the word and you, and you know Holy Spirit is your teacher. He makes it come alive to you like that, where you can receive it and say, thank you, Lord, that you believe in me so much that you never give up on me, his word says. It, he always believes in you. He always trusts you with his word. He always hopes. He, his hope is always in you. He's always cheering you on. But I want us to squeeze every ounce out of life, and that is keeping our mind on him. That's loving instruction, loving knowledge. Don't be a know-it-all. Be so empty that you're like, Lord, I only want your knowledge. I don't want to think that I've got so much. Look at everything I know. Look at what I can do. Because pride comes before a fall. But God gives grace and more grace to the humble. And his grace, let me tell you, oh, his grace is everything. It is by grace through your faith that you were saved. It, God graces you with his faith to believe in him. And that same faith, you use it throughout your whole life. And when you choose him, more grace. When you choose him, the reason why grace becomes so dumped on you is because your heart is open to him. You can't give grace to someone who wants nothing to do with it. That's why grace can't come to the pride. But God wants to give them grace. It's not that he's withholding any good thing from them. It's that they are withholding their heart and their teachable spirit to him. So when we show up every morning, every, even when we fail, just go immediately to God. Don't, let, don't live in the waiting room of life of fear thinking, well, God won't receive me. God won't, you know, what I said to my spouse was horrible. I can't believe I said it and he's just going to hate me. That is not the love of the Father. You are not abiding in the word if that's what you believe because the word will show you that he always loves you, that he forgets your sin as far as the east is from the west, that he never holds it over our head because of Jesus. And so... It's just such good news that we should be living in it and breathing by it and speaking it and expecting it to work in our life. And we need to get out of the waiting room of fear, the waiting room of life, by choosing to live here and to expect and put our confidence in him. Not in ourselves, but in him. And he gives us mighty power and love and self-control. Never a spirit of fear. Amen. We, we learn so much about faith in the word, and I, I don't have time to go into an exhaustive look on faith, but we walk by faith and not by sight. The just shall live by faith. We see this in the word over and over again. And as we see the life of Jesus, faith moved him because faith showed him, faith in him showed him, oh, they believe I can do something. Well, then I can do it because they believe it. Our faith, he would say this to many people, according to your faith, so be it done to you. Well, that's beautiful because the Bible says that God has gifted all of us with the same measure of faith. That if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, that you can say to that mountain, if you believe in your heart and you speak with your mouth, be thou removed and it'll be cast into the sea. And so as we deal with the channels of unbelief, as we start looking at how we are learning from the world and the knowledge we're taking from places we shouldn't be, and we cut those channels off, as we let Holy Spirit show us, Eden, it's not a great TV show for you to be watching. Eden, don't waste your time. 
um, on this person. They're just going to be speaking doubt and unbelief into you. Their, their heart isn't where your heart is. You need to protect your heart, Eden. As we let him correct us, he is going to guide us in the way of everlasting. He's going to show us, but we have to be ready to make those corrections. We have to be ready to say, thank you, Lord. And we have to be ready to walk by faith, which is so cool because I used to be obsessed with knowing everything and trying to control a situation. And what I've found in this last couple of years is it's so fun to let go. It's so fun to not know how he's going to do it. It's so fun to just let him be God and just show up as who I'm supposed to show up as his child and say, I trust you. I love you, Lord. I know that you are good. Even if no matter what my eyes see, my physical eyes, it's not by what I see. It's by faith that I walk. And so I want to end off with a story in Mark. Mark 5, uh, verse 21, it says, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet. I want to encourage you, like my dad always did, let the word paint a picture. Let Holy, Holy Spirit was there. Let him show you. Close your eyes. Imagine the sea. Hear the waves hitting the shore. Hear the birds. Hear the multitude of people. I'm sure it was loud. I mean, Jesus didn't even have a megaphone or a microphone. I don't know how that worked, but I'm sure they all hushed the moment he spoke because they just wanted to hear what he had to say because people were hearing of this man who was healing every disease and casting out every demon the word says, for those who received him. There were places that didn't receive him and Jesus couldn't go because there was no faith there. Jesus works where there is faith in him and that's just a choice on our part. That's what's so beautiful. It's so easy to make a choice and to say yes or no. And yet we complicate it. We allow the enemy to lie to us and get stuck in that waiting room of life of fear, giving excuses for just simply believing him for who he is. And we see the desperation of this man, Jairus. He fell at his feet. We see that Jairus has decided, no one can help me but you. I've, gone to the, I've, gone, I've come to the end of myself. I need your help. And he said, he begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed, and she will live. Where was his faith? In Jesus. Notice Jesus heard the attitude of Jairus' heart from his lips. What we believe in our heart comes out our mouth. You want to change your heart? You start living here. You start letting his words paint a new picture. You start being accountable for the course corrections you need to make. And you say, thank you, Jesus, that you're showing me that I can change, that by your grace, you are giving me your power, not by my might, but by your spirit, Lord, at work in me. And your spirit never fails. Your spirit never grows tired or gets weary. Your spirit doesn't even sleep. I said to the Lord last night, what's it like not sleeping? Because I really like sleeping. But I said, I'll just have to wait till heaven to figure out. I mean, it must be that your presence is just so amazing. I never need to sleep again. But he never sleeps. He never grows tired or gets weary. And that is who is in you. And this is incredible because Jairus showed Jesus his faith. So Jesus went with him. Wow. 
right? Could you imagine Jairus? We don't know how far away his home was from the sea. There's no cars. There's no Google to tell you, oh, this road is pretty, you know, lots of camels and people. You should take this road to get to Jesus. He, his daughter is dying. I mean, I can sympathize. I could put myself right there. I'm a parent. I bet you he was running with every single thing within him. He was running faster than he'd ever ran in his whole life. And he fell at Jesus' feet and now Jesus is coming. Could you imagine the excitement? Jesus is coming to my house. She's gonna live because his faith. And then a multitude follows him. I can only imagine what Jairus thought. Imagine being the person that has to usher Jesus to your house with hundreds, if not thousands of people following in suit. Guys, we got to get him to my house. Like he doesn't have time for you. But what's so beautiful is that Jesus is enough for everyone. He has time for everyone. And no matter who you are, if you put your faith in him, it always works. Romans 10 says, everyone who believes in him will never be disappointed. And we see that in the word time and time again, when people who just dared to put their faith in him. And so on the way to Jairus's house, we see the woman with the issue of blood and she gets healed. And her faith was, if I could just touch the hem of his garment and she was healed. So we see the different facets of faith. The centurion said, you speak the word. I'm a man of authority. You speak the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus marveled at his great faith. So your faith and how far you're willing to go believing Jesus, there's no limits. Anything is possible to him who believes in Jesus. This is amazing gift that we've been given from God. And so Jesus is going, the woman gets healed. She touches the hem of Jesus's garment. And, um, we don't know, but I would assume Jairus is a little fed up here. Like you said, you'd come with me and now you're helping her. And he had to protect his heart from offense. We don't know how far it is yet to get home to heal his daughter. And Jesus is speaking to this woman and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Your faith, her faith, her choice to put her faith in Jesus. Because we all choose where we put our faith. In man, in fear, in ourself, in our neighbor, in our spouse, in our favorite pastor. I don't know. But if you want life, if you want truth, if you want the best partner you could ever have in life, Holy Spirit, you put your faith in Jesus. You say, I don't know how, I don't know, how, I don't know, you know, I don't feel like it today. I don't know what's going on, but I choose Jesus. I choose Jesus. I choose what he says. It's not about the perfect conditions. Stop waiting for the perfect conditions, for your marriage to be in the right place, for your children to all be just wonderful listeners who never disobey. Guys, we live in a fallen world where we're going to make mistakes all the time. And this word shows us how to overcome, how to live victoriously. So we shouldn't be scared of problems. We shouldn't be worried when the day isn't going the right way, we should declare the truth and choose to abide in the truth in that moment. I don't care what today feels like. I decide this is the day the Lord has made and I am going to rejoice in it. And you start praising and you start worshiping and you change the atmosphere in your home or wherever you are simply by where you've chosen to put your faith. Amen. And so this woman did this and he said, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Well, while Jesus was still speaking to this woman, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house and said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher anymore? We see their faith. Hey, Jesus can't do anything for you. Your daughter's dead. So why? Don't, don't trouble him. And I know we have all dealt with this thought life at some point of another. Maybe you deal with it now. My dream's dead. What's Jesus? Jesus doesn't care about my dream. 
my, my marriage just, it's dead. I've tried everything. There's nothing. What could Jesus do for me? And maybe someone has spoken that over you, or maybe that's a thought that you have yet to take captive. And I pray you take it captive right here, right now, <laughs> because you can right here, right now. You don't have to wait. Fear makes you think you have to keep waiting for the promise. Yet the word says today is the day of salvation. Today you can put your faith in Jesus and say no to fear and see incredible change by his Holy Spirit, his grace in your life. But while he was speaking, so we need to remember that it doesn't matter what other people say because look what Jesus did as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken. He's talking to the woman and as soon as he heard these people say that, he looked at Jairus and he said, do not be afraid. As soon as the lie came, well, let's, let's call it facts. It's not a lie. In the physical, his daughter was dead. But in the presence of Jesus, I just see it as a lie. <laughs> but the fact was, she's dead. And as soon as that word came, the fear, Jesus knows our hearts. So he knew the thoughts Jairus was having the second that word came. And he knew Jairus would have to take that thought captive. And this is the love of our Savior. This is truth in action. As soon as it came, Jesus said, don't be afraid. Only believe. Only. One option. You want life? You only believe. Jairus, you came to me. You said, if I come to you and I put my hands on your daughter, she will live. Now that she's dead, don't stop believing. Don't stop believing. Do not be afraid. You know what I love? He didn't give an hour sermon on how to overcome fear. <laughs> he didn't give him six points how to, how to make sure you really know what fear is. And he just said, only believe only believe in me. That is the answer to saying no to fear. It's knowing your Savior. It's only believing in every word and everything he's done for you and letting that marinate in your heart and letting it heal the broken parts and letting it restore your soul because that's what he does. So why would I put my trust in anyone else? Why would I put my faith in fear? Why would I let the enemy rob, steal, kill, and destroy? And Jesus, how beautiful is our Savior, the moment. And even today, he didn't just speak this over Jairus, okay? He spoke this over you. It's not just a word for Jairus. You need to personalize this. Every time something comes to you and you have a moment of anxiety or worry or stress, let's call it what it is, fear. The moment fear comes knocking, you say no. You don't fall into the traps of the doctor and label yourself as an anxious person and I'm just a stressor. Why would you do that? Why would I do that? Why would I identify with anything else but what my Savior says about me? Because that is the power of your faith. Where you go in your faith is what you will receive. Whether you put your faith in a diagnosis from a doctor, in this moment, the facts were the daughter was dead. And what did Jesus do? Brought truth immediately. We don't deny the facts, but we deny their power in the presence of truth. Amen? This is what we got to get good at. We got to get good at we're not denying, we're not living oblivious to what we're facing. We're going, I don't care what the storm is. Jesus walked on the waves. Jesus spoke to the storm and silenced it. He said, I'm going to have trouble, but to take heart because he overcame the world and I'm with him. So I just need to stick with him and stick with his word and not live by the flesh or live by my own understanding or live thinking I know it all. I need to come humbly and boldly at the same time, humbleness is bold. That's so cool. Humble and bold to his throne, knowing that he's there to help me every time, Hebrews says. 
So don't let the lies tell you it's only sometimes and only when you read your Bible today and only when you prayed long enough. Religion, that's religion, that's lies, that's fear, that's man-made stuff. It's relationship. That's what God calls you into, into knowing him and experiencing him. And it's out of relationship because that's what you're doing when you're reading the word. When you're abiding in his word, you're relating with God. You're, you're having time and intimacy with him. And that's how we need to see it. That when I open this Bible, I go, okay, Holy Spirit, correct me, show me, show me what changes I need to make. And it's not by my power, it's by your power. And how beautiful that that's our savior. Don't be afraid, Jairus, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. And then Jesus came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. In Luke, it says the funeral had already started. What a physical sight that Jairus had to deal with. When he left, the daughter was still breathing. He didn't even get to say goodbye. Imagine all those moments of fear and sadness and grief all knocking at his door, fear. And Jesus said, don't do it. Don't be afraid, Jairus. Only believe. Keep your mind on me. Keep your mind on me, Jairus, and you'll have perfect peace. And he said, Jesus came in. There's weeping. There's wailing. There is just such receiving of the physical facts in this home, right? When he came in, he said to them, why do you make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. Truth came in and brought a different perspective to the facts. Hallelujah. That's what this word does. No matter what you walk through, let it speak the truth to you. Let it change your mind and where you received physical facts. Let the word come in and let Jesus' words paint a new picture for your marriage, a new picture for your feelings, a new picture for the future, for dreams, for your finances. I don't care what it is. God has a plan and it's life and it's truth, but you have to receive it. And they ridiculed him. Truth came in. The way came in, life came in and brought them a new perspective and they weren't ready to hear it. They weren't ready to let their heart receive it. When I say yes to fear, I'm ridiculing what my savior did. That's what I took from that when I read it. And that's not my heart. I don't wanna ridicule my savior, but this is, I'm a very black and white person and this is how I speak to myself. So you're just getting a glimpse at my head, but this helps me to say no to fear. When my heart knows Eden, if you say yes to fear, you're saying that Jesus didn't destroy it. Jesus didn't do what he did at the cross. And that really helps me to be strong and confident in my savior that I'm not gonna ridicule him. I'm gonna let truth tell me what the facts should look like, right? So guess what he did? He put them all outside. <laughs> when he had put them all outside, I love it. All right, guys, you don't believe it? Out. Now, there's no faith in you that you can't see this. You can't be here. I need people who believe. I need people who have faith in me and what I'm about to do. And he said he took the father, the mother, the child, those who were with him. They entered where she was lying. I can guarantee you she didn't look good. I can guarantee you she may not even have smelled good. We don't know how long it was. The funeral started, Luke said. We're reading in Mark, though. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kumi, which is translated little girl, I say to you, arise. Immediately, immediately, the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were overcome with great amazement. When you put your faith in him, when you dare to say no to fear, and he will help you do it. 
When, when you take him at his word, let me tell you, we do not live in the old covenant like Jairus. I do not need to run as fast as I can to the seashore to tell Jesus to come to my house because he's with me. He's in my house all the time. I, the miracles I need are in my perfect spirit, which is sealed by the Holy Spirit. I have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwelling in me, but I have to take control of my thoughts and this body, which is not perfect. And I have to tell this body who I am in Christ Jesus and what we're gonna believe and what we're gonna do and what we're not gonna do. Cause body, you don't get to come with me. So don't think you can tell me how we're gonna feel all day long and what diseases we're gonna receive and what sickness. I resist the devil. I say no to fear and I only believe Jesus because then they were with great amazement. Now hear this in the right spirit. I want us to always be in awe of our savior and what he does in and through us. But if I have a revelation of my heavenly dad and I'm his child, I should come to expect who he is all the time. I shouldn't be amazed when he resurrects my marriage or when he gives me a new dream for my business or when he redeems me from emotions and emotional situation. He bore my grief, he bore my sorrows. When I give him the mess, I shouldn't be surprised that he knows how to deal with it and that he knows me so well. He knows how to speak to me in a way that nobody else knows how to speak to me. I should be like, yeah, that's my dad. That's what he does. That's who he is. I'm his kid. So I'm not gonna go try to figure it out on my own. I'm sticking with him. And so there's this, don't get me wrong, there's always this wonder and awe of who he is and what he does. But when I'm his child, yeah, that's my dad. You should, you should give your life to him. He's incredible. <laughs> He's amazing. You put your faith in him, you can't go wrong. Amen? So let's get out of the waiting room of life. Let's say no to fear in 2024. Wherever you've been held down, wherever you've been feeling held captive, there is a lie you're believing somewhere and you need to be vulnerable and accountable to Holy Spirit who loves you so much and say, teach me. Something's frustrating me in this area of my life, Lord, which probably means I need to bring change. I need to know the truth. And as I live in your word, you're gonna set me free because whom the Son sets free is actually free indeed. I'm free. I'm just getting caught up in my own way of thinking. I'm binding myself up. I'm getting myself captive and stuff, but I can make a decision in a moment to let that go because in the presence of my savior is truth and goodness and life and joy and healing. And it's all within me wherever I go as his child. Thank you, Lord, for the new covenant, for what Jesus has accomplished when we couldn't do it. He loves us so much, so much. It blows me away when I just stop to think about it. And I pray that as we leave from here, as you spend time in the word, that you would just revel in it. You would meditate. You would let it paint a new picture. You would say, Holy Spirit, teach me. I wanna be so teachable. Show me where I can change. Show me what your power can do in me. Show me who I am. And you'll be amazed, just like that little girl's parents. Because he can do anything. Anything is possible if you just believe, if you only believe, and you have the courage to trust Jesus and say no to fear. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your perfect love, it casts out 
all fear, not just some, not just a little, but your presence in us means that there is no fear. And so Lord, I pray today that we would make a decision that we can say no, that we can tear down the walls that have held us captive in this waiting room of life and we begin to really live, to take you at your word, to act on our faith, to move by your word and to do what you're calling us to do because you've called us to such a life of significance, partnering with you in everything. Lord, I pray we'd get a revelation today of just how much you wanna help us in our daily life, in every moment, in every season, in every need, you have an answer and his name is Jesus. And I pray that revelation would sink so deep in hearts today. As we close with every head bowed and eye closed, if you wanna start that relationship with God, the Bible says that you believe in your heart. The words that I've been saying, if there's something happening in you going, wow, I need this, that's Holy Spirit saying, you're my daughter, you're my son, come home and let me show you how to live. And it says when you believe in your heart and you speak with your mouth, you invite God, you give him your life. You say, I make a mess of things, Lord, I need you. I wanna walk by your principles, by your word. I wanna know your presence. I wanna build that relationship with you. It's a beautiful prayer that I'd love to lead you in right now. Many of us have prayed it. Would you just slip your hand up real quick? quick and then I'll know who I'm praying with today. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray this prayer. Dear God, I thank you that you love me. I believe that Jesus died just for me. I don't want my ways. I want yours. Thank you that you're always with me. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Can we congratulate those who prayed that prayer today? It's so good.